Hello, and welcome to Hope Church. We're a local church with chill style, real faith, and no perfect people allowed. Thanks for checking out our podcast. This is a message from our SoCal location in the Santa Cruz, California area. We hope this message is encouraging. If you live near either of our locations, we'd love to have you join us for one of our many Sunday services. All right. Hey, good morning, Hope. How are you doing today? Awesome. You're like Tim. You're a little too chipper for 9 o'clock in the morning on a Sunday. Hey, you got your coffee on the way in, didn't you? Right? You got it in your hand. Some of you stopped before you came because you're like, I can't trust that church coffee. And um, that's a big, like, like, I'll trust God to go to church, but I'm not going to trust that they'll have good coffee. And so we hope we deliver on that. And I'm already on like some serious rabbit trails. I need to focus. Can you help me focus right now? Okay. Um, so summertime, my name is Tim, and I'm one of the pastors here at Hope Church. And uh, we're so stoked that you're here. Um, people are traveling all throughout the summertime. Summertime is uh, typically a vacation time for people, and uh, people like to get away. How many of y'all have ever been to the Grand Canyon? Yes, yes. Okay, all right, cool. I see lots of hands, Grand Canyon. Some of you have never been. And uh, so when we moved to California about five years ago, my family and I moved from Atlanta, Georgia. Okay, I was waiting for the whoop because we have, (laughs) I knew my Atlanta people in here. Um, We moved from Atlanta, Georgia to Santa Cruz. Very similar cultures. Um, Very similar ideals and views on God and faith. And so um, it was not a, a difficult move at all for us in any way. But on the way there, so we moved, we drove across the country. And um, we drove and we took our time. It was so awesome. And of course, we stopped at the Grand Canyon. We had never been there before. And, uh, and we, we did all the things. We were, we were tourists. Like we were the, we were the ultimate tourists. We, were, uh, we did the, 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 the pink Jeep tour. Has anyone in here ever done that? <laughs> no, okay, I just, I just admitted something I should not have then uh, to this group. So, no, so we did this pink Jeep tour. It's literally like these big, huge, like, like uh, modified Jeeps, uh, Jeep Wranglers that are pink, and, and they, drive, you know, they drive you around, they do the thing. And so we did the Grand Canyon that way, like through the eyes of the pink Jeeps. And, um, and, but we had this moment where we all stood on the edge of the canyon, and if you've been there, maybe this will bring back some memories for you. We stood on the edge of the canyon, and we looked out over the, the, the amazing, amazing sight that it is. And our technology is a, a, a little weird this morning, so you won't get the full view. But take a look at this picture right here. This is us, all five of us. And um, you know this is like five years ago, because the second one from the left is our youngest son, Jake who is now the tallest in the family. And, uh, but that was his older brother right in the middle, Micah, is, is here this morning. That's, remember those days, Micah? That was when you were taller than, than Jake. Um, but, and there, why, why am I, I'm all the way on the right. Why am I like the shortest person on the whole thing there almost? So we're looking out over the Grand Canyon and it's an amazing sight to see, is it not? If you've been there, it's just awe-inspiring. Now, um, we, did, we did almost lose somebody. Um, take, a look at, take a look at this uh, next picture. We, we did almost lose somebody. 
Um, Nicole, we, we, it was close, but I, 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 I reached out. I, I sacrificed myself, and I grabbed her, and I pulled her up, and somebody happened to be right there to grab a picture. It's weird uh, how that happened. But. So you're standing in front of this awe-inspiring thing, this like thing you can like see from space, right? Um, space people, right? Can you see it from, from space? Uh, let's just say you can see it from space. And, um, and it's this amazing, amazing thing. And you're standing on the edge, and you're looking over at the thing. And I'd love to do a rim-to-rim -rim hike one day. Is anybody, is anybody up for doing that? I don't know. How many miles is it? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Just around, yeah. Um, but I'd like to do that one day. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. But you're looking at this awe-inspiring thing that's in front of you, and you can't help but get a sense of your place in the grand scheme of things, or at least how you feel about your space, right? You are so small in comparison to this big, huge, canyon-sized gap that's right in front of you, right? Have you ever been in a place in your life where you have faced something that felt like between you and where God was taking you, or between, maybe let's just say, between you and where you wanted to go, there was a grand canyon-sized gap. Like, so we all, we all did the thing, and of course I, 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 I won this every time. We all did the thing where, where we threw a rock as far as we could into the canyon, you know, as if we didn't feel insignificant enough we were like, let's see how far we can throw a rock. And um, we would throw rocks in there. Have you ever felt like you faced something where in front of you was something that was insurmountable? It was Grand Canyon-sized. It was you needed God to do something or else it was not going to end well for you. And some of you were like, Tim, I don't even, that's not even a challenge for me. Um, like, I have things right now in my life, and all of us do, where where we want to be or where we sense God is taking us seems like it's just so far out that way. And God, we need you. And maybe you're here today, maybe you're online watching or out on the patio, and, and you're not even like a Jesus follower. And the whole God thing in general is like that for you. You're standing where you are, and you see God over there, or kind of like what you think God kind of is, and, and, and for you, you're just exploring it, and you're like, God seems so far away. It just, just seems like it's so far over there. As a church, we've been going through this last month, we've been going through um, a pretty significant season of, of change as a church. And if you're like just uh, visiting with us here today, um, God has expanded our reach as a as a church, and our lead pastors are now the lead pastors at another church um, called the Coastlands, but we're all under the same umbrella, and so um, we're, we have this vision, we have this, this thing, this partnership, this kingdom partnership that we know God has called us to, but it's still a little bit out there. Like, we know and we're excited about what, what the potential is, but we're just, like, we may not know just quite how we're going to get from here to there yet but we know we're going in that direction. In your life, you have places like this. Our lives are built like this. You and I live a life, because you're a human being, where we are regularly brought to the end 
of our capacity. I can only go so far emotionally. I can only go so far spiritually. I can only go so far in whatever area, relationally, right? Financially, I have limits and so do you. And so what do we do when God is calling us to something like he is right now as a church, where he's calling us to more, but we're at our limit? We need God to do something. What do you do when there's just an area of your life in general where you need God to do that? Maybe it's finances. Now, I I know, I know Hope Church is all full of financially, independently wealthy people, right? But maybe you've heard of someone who has a gap in their finances, right? Maybe uh, you have a relationship. Um, if, you've, if you've been a part of Hope over these last, like, let's just say three to six months, you've heard me tell my story from up here about reconciling with my dad, who I hadn't really seen consistently since I was five years old. And God miraculously reconnected us in this last year, and we're now in conversation together, right? Like, that was a Grand Canyon-sized gap for me. And it's the same for you. We all have these areas. Fortunately, God has something to say about that. He's not silent about these areas, and and thankfully so, right? Because our whole lives are all about coming to the end of who we are and then trusting God to be the one who takes us further. And as a church, we're going through this right now. And as people, you are as well. And so today, here's what we're going to do. We're going to sit at the feet of Jesus and let him teach us in the same way that he taught his disciples. Is that cool? Okay, all right, good. I'm glad you, you said yes, because if you said no, I don't have a backup option. <laughs> so I would look over at Chris Matley, because he's so wise that, that I would say, Chris, tag, you're it, and he would step up, and he would do amazing. Um, we're going to turn to Mark chapter 8. If you have a Bible, you can turn to Mark 8. Uh, We'll also have the words on the screen. Uh, But we're going to journey through a story in the life of Jesus, Mark chapter 8, where he's going to walk his followers through, what does it look like when you reach the end of yourself, and I'm calling you to do something more, and and you need me to help. You, You need something to help you get there. And while we do this, as we walk through this story in the life of Jesus, we're going to explore this one main idea truth, just one. Can, can you handle one truth today? I don't know. That's how my mind works, so every time I teach, that's, that's, that's what it's going to be. One main idea, one big idea truth, and it's going to be up here on the screen for you, right here. It says this, following Jesus requires more than we ever thought. And you're like, Oh, Tim, come on. Man, I was like, this is Hope Church. Like, that's not a super positive statement. Like, you're not enticing me to follow Jesus right now, Tim. Uh, It requires more than we ever thought. Um, Isn't it good that following Jesus requires more than you ever thought? You don't know all the stuff that's going to that's gonna be involved with following Jesus when you say yes to him? Thank God you don't know. Right? 
All you know is the love of Jesus is presented to you, and it's so amazing and so awesome, and you so need it that you willingly grab a hold of it. And what you find out along the way, and we don't do well if we don't tell you this, is that it's going to require more of you than you ever thought. You're going to regularly reach the end of who you are and need Jesus to carry you forward. We don't like that. I don't like to ask for help. I just don't. I remember the day I was a pastor, I was in ministry, and we were following after God, but things were super, super tight financially, and we had a food ministry that had other things like, like diapers and, uh, you know, whatever, like, like essentials that people would need. And one day, I had to, one night, I had to call up the director. We had, our, our kids were just real little itty-bitty ones. And I had to call up the director at night and say, I need some diapers. I had no money in my bank account. I had no credit cards. And we had no diapers. I had to reach out to the director of this, like, this ministry that we were, and, and be like, hey, can, do you have any diapers? Can I come over to the warehouse and get some? Because we just need some until tomorrow. Uh, and of course, she's like, yeah. Absolutely, come on. And so we got some diapers. We don't like coming to the end of ourselves. Following Jesus requires more than, more than you ever thought, but there's a but. But it also gives us more than we ever imagined. So you're going to come to a place where you need Jesus to bridge the gap for you, and on the other side of the gap is more than you could ever imagine. Ah. Oh. Okay, come on, let's get into Mark 8. You ready? Here we go. Mark 8, verse 1. Let's dive in. During those days, another large crowd gathered. This is around Jesus and his disciples. Crowds of people would come. They wanted to hear him teach. They wanted to have him heal them. At this point in his life and ministry, he had already fed thousands of people in a single um, experience. They wanted from Jesus, and so they had gathered. Since they had nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples to him, and he said, I have compassion for these people. They've already been with me three days, and they have nothing to eat. In fact, if I send them home hungry, they're going to collapse on the way. This is how long that they had not had food and how far the journey was because some of them have come a long distance. And his disciples answered, but where in this remote place can anyone get enough bread to feed all these people? Right? They weren't close to a town. They didn't have grocery stores. You know, They didn't have any type of resources to feed all of these people. And so Jesus is like, listen, I care for these people, which, by the way, in this particular instance, these people were Gentiles. They were outsiders. They, they were primarily outsiders. They were not primarily Jewish people. Jesus was, was looking out at the people who were not part of their tribe and saying, I love these people, and I care for their physical needs. Do you know every single Saturday there's a group of volunteers that gathers right here in the upper parking lot for a ministry called Hope Feeds? And they gather food all throughout the week and every Saturday morning, they give it out freely to anyone who drives up. You roll up, you know, on your 
feet or you roll up in your, you know, Bentley, you're getting some food. Anybody who comes, anybody and everybody, Jesus knew the value of meeting people right where they are when it comes to his love. And we do this every single Saturday. Can I tell you some cool things that are, that are coming down the pike? Some cool things? We have a group of people now who are taking the next step and saying, hey, we want to help grow food for people in need. And there's a, there's, a, there's a new kind of partner, sister uh, ministry that's going to be coming online here shortly called Hope Seeds. And they're going to be growing stuff. And you're going to hear more about that, some very cool things. I had a pastor the other day. I was walking through his church right here in town. I was walking through his church. He was giving me the tour. And um, they have a giant walk-in cooler. They're storing stuff in it, like not like cold. It's not turned on. They're storing stuff in it. And I said, hey, we have a food ministry called Hope Feeds. And uh, we're kind of limited. We get donations early in the week, but we can't really use them because we can't keep them cold till the end of the week. Um, what, do, what do you think about partnering with Hope Church? And we just flipped the switch and turned this on. And we could store stuff in here. And he said, I'll not only accept that idea, I'll up the ante, what if we started delivering, or what if we started handing out food and partnered with you and started handing out food in sort of mid-county during the week, and then you guys keep doing it on Saturday, and we'll share the walk-in cooler, and we'll, right, like God is doing some cool, cool things right now, right? Yeah, it's amazing, amazing what God is doing. But Jesus had compassion on these people's needs. And he looked to his disciples and he said, hey, why don't you help feed them? And they're like, hey, we don't, we don't have the, the means to do that. This is our, what I'm calling our human reality. If you look up here on the screen, you're going to see our human reality. It's limited. Uh, there's only so far we can go. Now, we're going to jump to the end of this passage. Some of you who love order and you know, all these things are going to, this is going to mess with you. But go on the, go on the journey with us, because we're going to come back. Ready? Jump down now to verse 8. Mark 8, verse 8, it says this. The people ate and were satisfied. All of the people. Thousands. Um, we're told here 4,000 people at least. 4,000 people ate and were satisfied. Afterward, the disciples picked up seven basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. 4,000 were present, and after Jesus sent them away, he got into the boat with his disciples and went to the region of, I'm not going to pronounce that word. This is the end of the story. This, you're going to see up here, is God's reality. God's reality was that all the people were fed. God's reality was that the disciples were part of seeing God do the impossible. God's reality was that not only was everyone fed, but there were basketfuls of food left over. God's reality was abundance, right? God's reality was all the things that we couldn't do in our reality. Now, there's a gap between these two things. This is our Grand Canyon-sized gap. How many of you have your reality on the left side and you're hoping, praying, wishing 
for God's reality to come true in your life, and there's a Grand Canyon-sized gap between the two. Now, the bridge that gaps between the two, that bridges across the gap here, is Jesus, right? Is that, is that a surprise to you? No, no. There's, there's a bridge here, and it's Jesus. Jesus bridges the gap. I love this. There's a visual, this, this old-time visual of, of, of um, people walking uh, toward a cliff. And, and the, cliff, uh, the, the cliff represents death down there. And on the other side is the life of, of God. And, and across the, the gap, across the two things, is the cross. The cross of Jesus. Jesus bridges the gap for us. Jesus takes us from where our ability ends and takes us all the way into where God wants to take us. When, when, when you have a, a shortfall of finances and you pray, and God meets your need, he has bridged the gap to his reality. Um, when you have sickness in your body, and you pray, and others pray for you, and you experience healing in your body, Jesus has bridged that gap for you. When, when you are um, not connected to your dad for decades, and that relationship is reconciled, Jesus has bridged that gap for you. Right Now, this message right here, this visual, you would expect this coming to church, wouldn't you? Right? Even if this is your first time in a church, logically, you could say, yeah, if I were a Christian or if I were, like, if I had gone to church or I was part of a church, I would, this would not surprise me. I would, I, would, I would expect that this would be the case. Jesus now is going to invite his followers and invite us to walk with him as he bridges this gap, all right? So we know where the need is. We know where God's reality is. Now let's jump back in the story to verse 5. Mark 8 and verse 5. Here's how Jesus does it. He says this, How many loaves do you have? Jesus asked. Seven. So there were 12 of them. There were only seven loaves. There wasn't even a whole loaf for each one of them, right? This is how little they had. He told the crowd to sit down on the ground, and when he had taken the seven loaves and gave thanks, he broke them and gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people, and they did so. They did it. They had a few small fish as well. I love this. Look at this. They had a few small fish as well, and he gave thanks for them, again gave thanks, and told the disciples to distribute them. You know what I love about that? They didn't say we have seven loaves and some fish, and Jesus blessed it, and they gave it out. They had seven loaves, and they were like, we're holding back these, the, the fish because we need to see Jesus do this thing first. Then when it happened, they were like, oh, we got some fish too, Jesus. And he blessed that, and they distributed that. Right? It was a two-part thing. You know what I love about that? You and I don't have to have the faith of someone who believes Jesus to do the impossible in dramatic, big ways. You and I just simply need to take the next step 
Like, I believe Jesus could do, like, this thing over there, but Jesus, here's what I have right now that I'm willing to just sort of give up and watch what you do. And Jesus is like, cool, I'll take what you got, watch this. Now, when you see that, trust me for more. And that's what the disciples did. Isn't that amazing? I love that God is willing to work with us in our process. You don't have to throw it, like, you don't have to try to jump the Grand Canyon evil Keneal style, right? Like, you don't have to, like, Jesus is like, all right, I'm going to help you. I'm going to grow your faith. But here's what Jesus did in this moment. He took human reality and God's reality with Jesus as the gap, and look at the very top now. Jesus invited them to have faith and take action. This is how he works. God works in divine partnership with you and me. He says, I can do the impossible. I can bridge this gap. I, I, can, I can lift the tent stakes of Hope Church, expand them out to also include in partnership the coastlands. I can put your lead pastor over there for most of the time. I can put in a new location pastor here I can do all of these things and make this work and bless it and grow it and see amazing things happen, but I need you to believe and I need you to act on that belief. So what did Jesus ask his followers to do? Well, look at, at, the, at, at Mark 5, uh, 8, 5 through 7. Jesus asked them, first of all, to shift their focus from the need, the limitations in front of them, to what he could do. And, and not just accept his instruction, but then turn around and do it. You, you, this is why I pointed this out when I walked through verse 6. When he had taken the seven loaves and gave thanks, he broke them and gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people, and they did so. There was a moment, now what? Now, now track with me, there was a moment where where they had a partial loaf, right? Not even a whole loaf, a partial loaf. And there was a moment, and I wish, wish, wish that the, that the Bible told us what this was like. But we get to fill in the gaps with, with our own versions of the story, right? That's the fun of it. But they took this bread, and they started breaking it and giving it to somebody. And then they broke it, and they gave it to somebody, and they broke it and they gave to somebody, at what point, this is how my mind works, at what point did the bread multiply to more and they kept breaking it? And then don't you know that as they did it, like, like this, is, this, is how, this is how it would be for me. Once I got through and all of a sudden like what should have been my partial loaf like should have consumed it, there was another partial loaf. Like at, they're, they're not even looking at the people anymore. They're just like, what? What? And they're just watching it, just watching it grow. And at some point, they're like, oh, this is so amazing. And they just like start, and now they're just laughing. Now they're just having fun. Now they're just like, what the, what is happening here? And they're just giving this stuff out, and they're living in a celebration of God doing the impossible. How many of you have ever been in a place where you've had a gap in your life between your limitations and what you believe God had for you or what you wanted, and as it began to be met, that need, you were just living in celebration? 
Can you remember those times? If it's been a while, can you remember back to those times? Oh, my goodness. You, you ever seen the movie? With, what's the movie with Jim Carrey where, where, he's, um, where he's God? Bruce Almighty. Oh, Bruce is here today. Bruce is here today. He's in the house. Bruce Almighty. And you know that moment when he realized he's got the, he's, he's got the powers, and it's actually the song, I've got the power, you know? And he's walking around like this, you know, and he's like pointing at stuff, and the water's partying, and he's doing other things with his powers that God wouldn't do, but he's walking around, and he's like, Poof, you know? And he said, when you start seeing God move in your life, you start walking around, and you're like, the God of the universe cares about me and loves me and is providing for my need. He provided for my need, and I believe he'll do it again. He'll do it again, and 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 he'll do it for you, and he'll do it for you, and he'll do it for you. It's amazing when we live in that reality, and we start to see God do some things. Man, oh my goodness, I don't have time for this. In my life, I've seen God do some amazing things. I've had people walk up and give me the keys to their car and be, be like, you need this more than I do. Please take my car. Oh, and it has a little higher mileage, perfectly kept, but in higher mileage. So here's a check for your first repairs when that comes eventually. What? Who does that? And we had been praying because we had one car and we were trying to you know, make it all work on one car. God provided, oh my goodness, so many. I grew up hearing the stories of missionaries who would sit down at their tables uh, with, with orphans they had taken in and praying, God, we don't have any food right now. We need your help. And a knock would come at the door, and it was a food truck that had broken down and said, um, my truck is broken down. Um, they're not going to be able to come till tomorrow. All the food is going to spoil. Can you, can you take it? Yeah, and they take it in. Listen, when God bridges the gap, it's amazing. It's amazing, but it's a divine partnership. It's not just us getting excited about God doing things, not just faith, but it's action. Jesus invited his followers to have compassion on the outsider. Ah, oh, that's one of our core values at Hope. We love that. Jesus invited them to not just have compassion on people, but to do something about it, to take what they had, give it up, and watch God work with it. Jesus invited them to give thanks to God in advance and then watch him work in the way that they had prayed. Jesus invited them to, to physically break the bread and start passing it out to people. What is he calling you to do? For some of you here today, you don't have this Jesus bridge in your life yet. But you're here. You're watching online. You're watching on the patio. You're here today, and you're here for a reason. Jesus wants you to know that in the gap between your reality and whatever it is that you need, and we're, we're, telling, we're, we're hoping that you realize it's God's reality for your life, is Jesus. And Jesus has stepped in, and he wants to bridge that gap for you. And in just a minute, we're going to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. Right? For some of you, though, for lots of you, you have other areas in your life where you've reached the end of your reality, and you need God desperately. 
You need God to bridge the gap. You know Jesus has already done it for you, but you, you, you need to see God do that thing. And here's what he's asking you to do. Have the faith to believe and then act on it. We hope this message encouraged you to take the next steps in your relationship with God. The cool thing is that you don't have to do it alone. There are a lot of ways you can get connected here at Hope. Not only do we want you to feel at home at Hope, we'd love to help you find Hope. Please check out discoverhope.church and click connect or just email us at info at discoverhope.church. Lastly, we give everything we can away for free and rely 100% on volunteers and donations to support this ministry. If you'd like to give to the Mission of Hope Church, you can select the Give option on our website or text any amount to 831-800-2060. Thanks again for tuning in.